I'm Laurie. Hey, I'm Phil. Welcome to episode four of Laurie and Phil, Flicks and Film. As um, Phil was pointing out to me today, you can search for either Laurie and Phil or Flicks and Film on your podcast device to find us if you've been struggling. And sorry, because chronologically speaking anyway, we're still not yet on the Apple Store. That is on the way, but it's all being done mysteriously in the background. So sorry about that. It should all appear soon. Blah, 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 blah. Phil, have you got some good stuff to talk about today? Yes, I've got some funny thing I heard a kid say right up front, which I think will spur us on for the rest of the show. I think you've got to say something about Google, uh, some things you've seen on Netflix. Yes, I've got a couple of Netflix recommendations. We Are we doing Wonder Woman or are we postponing that one? I we think we'll about postpone it because well. I want to talk about something I'm really excited about, even though it's been around for a while, and that's Taskmaster. Mm. Oh yeah, okay. The, uh, the Comedians Game Show. We did a Taskmaster event on Zoom as well, didn't we? And I was the Taskmaster. And, <laughs> you spoiler were. alert, Laurie won it. So it's all I did, I in-house. forgot about that. Oh, well, let's cover that off as well. And, uh, well, uh, as ever, um, we want to hear from you guys as well. So get in touch with your thoughts and opinions on anything that we talk about or stuff that you know we feel you feel we really ought to be talking about. That's flicksandfilm at gmail.com or at flicksandfilm on Twitter. It's all brand new. We were the Super Baby Bros. So when you follow us on Twitter, you'll be among the early few uh, to make it all sort of a big, big old conversation, the way the brands talk about it. Uh, Phil, what's this thing that the little kid said that you want to start the show off with? Well, let me start it off with, it's a really tiny thing. I work with children when we're not um, in the podcast land. Sometimes we have some time to fill. I said, why don't we watch News Round and find out what's going on. And immediately, news this, kid round. Was, and immediately this kid was just like, oh, Snooze Round, Ugh, whatever. <laughs> what? <laughs> Which I'd never heard before and cracked me up. What a legend. And then another kid picked up, perked up and was like, oh, I bet they'll talk about, and I love this idea of predicting what the news is going to be from News Round's perspective. What is the key events that News Round thinks is worthy of a kid knowing about? But this kid jumped in immediately <laughs> and was like, I reckon they're going to talk about COVID and greenhouse gases, which I just oh, love Oh, wow. Snap. How old is this kid? This is a, like a seven-year-old. Man, he's got their number in one. Come on, BBC. <laughs> Try harder. What is it he wants? Minecraft news. Probably, yeah. They get super excited <laughs> if there's anything to do with Minecraft or Premier League football. But they haven't got the rights to show Premier League football stuff, so it's just still images while they oh, say, oh, Man United did this and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> Here's it's, a picture it of a cracks goal. Me up. Yeah. BBC are working really hard at the moment, man, to uh, try and get down with the kids because they've got to engage the next generation. And as you point out, uh, they're more interested in the YouTube. The U- yeah. I, I deliberately call it the YouTube just to be the YouTube to be not down with the kids. Very clever. Yeah, exactly. How very. Thanks. Uh, what's the word? Postmodern of you. Mm, yeah, isn't it just? Should we start the show? Yes, let's get going. So unusually, we're going to kick off with uh, something from the the world of news, current affairs, because uh, it's been re- recently announced by Google that they're, I think, winding down their first party game development studios for Stadia. Phil, do you know much about Stadia? I've seen the adverts. There was like an angel thing flying around fighting minotaurs or something. And there would be like that. I think the sting that they went with was Stadia. They just say that they just say it like a bit like now you are Sega. now you are sounding like someone who's not down with the kids. <laughs> There's a thing with an angel flying around. I think it was a video game, but I'm not totally sure. Is that is that what you're? Getting but I don't here, really Phil? quite understand what Stadia <laughs> is. I think it's like an online virtual console. Yeah, it may or may not be the future of the games industry. I should think companies like Google and EA and uh, all the sort of massive corporations, Microsoft probably as well. Uh, would very much like things to move this direction because it's basically streaming for games. So when you think about it, Spotify has come in like a hammer, right, and completely smashed apart 
um, the infrastructure of the music industry and all these big labels are still struggling to keep up and artists as well because it's changed the game by such a massive amount. And it, I can imagine investors love it because there's consistency, right? It's all about monthly revenue. It's about subscriptions. It is crucially not about owning anything. It's about taking part in something. It's uh, music as a service. You, heard, you know, Philippus Software as a service is a concept. This is basically saying they want to get the, the wet cloth of your money and wring it dry over many, many months. Well, they, they're full of the advantages and they want to do that with video games. So basically they're going to say, you, you don't own the games per se. But we'll Instead, let you play. you're basically, <laughs> you're it's buying still mine. a license. I, it's mine. Well, it's, it's, it's not quite like that. You're buying a license to use it and you play it through Google, uh, Google Stadia advice. And what it does is it connects to a service that delivers the game for you. So in one sense, it's quite clever because it means it doesn't depend on the hardware anymore. So, you know, it's all about PS5. What's the new PS5 stats going to be? Specs going to be stats, not stats. You know what I mean? How powerful is it going to be? That's what the console war has been ever since we were young, right? Yeah. But now it's not about that anymore. It's about the games. They're trying to make it like that. So the idea is that you can have access to 60 FPS, ultra high resolution, 4K gaming, even if you can't afford the latest game console because you can buy Stadia, which will let you play it kind of on a virtual machine. Well, Does that make sense? Hold on for a second, man, because you've just said the opening of all of this is Google have gone See you later. Not doing well, this anymore. Bye. No, they said they said bye to first party developers, and what that suggest and that what that means is, um, they were having people make games for Stadia explicitly for Stadia, but clearly that model's not working for them uh, because there's too much outlay for return. And what they're more likely to focus on is licensing existing games to be played with via Stadia, which I think is a bit more viable. Really, it would be like Spotify saying, not only are we going to um, stream the Beatles to your ears. We've come up with our own Spotify band as well. The and here's the music from the Spotify. Yeah, exactly, from the Spotify band. And, and people are going to be like, I'm not interested in the Spotify band um, because also I still like to listen to CDs every now and again. I don't want to do everything through your device. Are you getting the picture? I get your um, picture. But I don't think the consumer industry is ready for it yet because people, quite rightly, I think, like buying something and owning it. Because one of the amazing controversies about Stadia was that although you're essentially renting this game, for as long as you're willing to, to pay to access the service, you also had to buy it at full price. So you're buying it even though you don't own it. That's crazy, right? You had to pay £60 to add this game to your account, but you don't own key. it. That's right. You can only play it through Stadia, whereas you're a bit like, well, hang on, I could literally buy a disc for the same money and put it in my PlayStation. And at the moment, the PlayStation isn't that much more expensive to make it worthwhile. But all that said, are you familiar with Xbox? They're doing like an Xbox arcade thing at the moment. Yeah, it's a monthly subscription, which means you kind of get access to this game library that yeah, you can just play this idea, on your console. It's not going away anytime soon because it offers... I, wouldn't, I don't know the sort of proper um, balance sheet well enough to say whether it's a massive profit for the companies, but what it is is consistent and people love consistency. They love to see the money come in month by month. It's more predictable, better for investors rather than big dumps because... You need a big dump. If you, like games, when you think about it. Yeah, I know. I wish I hadn't used that word. <laughs> like a game. Sorry, I'm going to stop being a child now. So, Take that hat off. No, no. I, I, yeah, that's really deserved. interesting, Laurie. Yeah, carry Terrible on. choice of word. Although, depending on the game, it might be accurate because it's a whole lot of investment to deliver a game which may or may not flop horribly, right? Whereas, right. if you just get people in on a subscription model, even if the product, the game is so-so then they're still in at the same level. They're still rolling in the Benjamins. Exactly. That's probably why it makes financial sense to get rid of the first-party developers, where they take on that risk as part of the whole model. 
and instead just license other games. But that's uh, sorry, I hope that made sense. I think it is quite interesting. And I suppose the big question is, how nervous are you about a world in which all entertainment media is purely accessed on a subscription basis? How do you feel? That's Netflix, after all. Well, I think I think it's it's always that thing, isn't it? Consumers are good at deciding what is good and what isn't. Because if they don't pay for it, it's not going to happen. They they drift away from yeah. the things that are not good. What's annoying is when you've got something which is really good and people just don't understand it or don't buy in and therefore it doesn't proliferate or whatever. I don't know. I think I think there's still something precious about actually owning something and it being yeah. yours. Because I have dusted off uh, the N64 and played a bit of Super Smash Brothers. And uh, you really? You, in fact. Yeah, yeah, we've done it, haven't we? And the, On the N64? What, yeah, we've definitely done it. I think uh, even at my stag do, we got Goldeneye out and played some... Uh... Oh, so you're right about that. I remember, I forgot, yeah, we did do that. I remember GameCube. GameCube is still brilliant. But N64, surely... It's... But do you find the experience good when you could play on an emulator or via Stadia, let's say, on a That's the screen, thing. I think HD, if they, blah, if blah, they blah. were smart about it, they would come up with a system where, like, old school retro games are free. You get that built in with your price and you just get to kind of do it. And maybe if you want to have the primo version of, like, one... A bit like the Audible system or something where you get a credit to spend every month. Or I don't know. I'm sure they'll come up with some clever way. But the thing is, it's always a kind of a... You kind of almost get what you want, but not quite. That's my general feeling. And that is the world you're going to end up in with games as well as everything else. Anyway, this is kind of a serious analysis, but I'm hardly a tech expert. We were going to move on to the fact that this is kind of... Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? De rigueur? What's the word I'm looking for? It's on brand for Google to do this, to try and disrupt an industry and then just sort of quietly run away. <laughs> Hello, when, Google uh... <laughs> Plus. Nice to see you. Bye-bye. The Google Plus sort of still exists <laughs> in a really weird way because you have to set up a Google Plus profile when you do a YouTube channel. I don't know whether you've ever done this. I, I'm of the day when I made a YouTube profile ages ago before Google Plus, And now, ever since, like, I kind of wanted to update my YouTube profile so I could get rid of all the junky stuff that I followed and wasn't interested anymore. And then I was like, Google Plus, I don't want to make a Google Plus account. So I literally stopped making a profile because of it. I was like, I'm not yeah. doing this. I'm not subscribing to Well, exactly. Else. Like, hold on a minute. I'd, you're just doing this to jack, jack up the numbers of people using Google Plus, which was supposed to rival Facebook. What a joke, right? Mm. Unbelievable. But there's stuff like this that happens all the time. Um, Google Music is gone. Did you know that Google Music existed? It was basically um, a trying to beat Apple at their own game. with the They iTunes just sort of store. try stuff and then they're like, meh. And then just fade off into the distance. Hence, Google Glass, which I actually got to try on when I worked for a uh, glasses manufacturing firm. I went to a big visual expo in Las Vegas. It was pretty amazing in some ways. Uh, and I tried on Google Glass at a booth and it was rubbish. <laughs> it was so What did rubbish. it look like, though? Was it like an interface like laid over? Like a HUD? It was like was your... It... Um, I'm trying to think who it is. Like some guy in Star Trek who wears something that is cool in drawings. Oh no, a bit like Lobot, you know, with his flashing headphones from uh, <laughs> yeah. The Empire Strikes Back. It looked ridiculous. Yeah. It, there was no way of making it look cool. And they even tried to bring in something into the lexicon, like wearable tech, to try and make you feel cool. They're nope. still trying to plow that furrow with the Apple Watch, which I personally, I don't think has taken off. I don't know why they're still putting money into I that. Think, I think I think people, people like it, actually. Uh, maybe I'm wrong about that. But anyway, Google Glass was rubbish. It was a big disappointment. Uh, what do you think about it? Are you excited? I'm talking to you now, listeners, not you, Phil. Um, are you excited about the new world of streaming sort of service delivery platforms or does it make you nervous? Do you still cling on to your old tape collection and your old hi-fi? Judith has a hi-fi and she persists in calling it a hi-fi. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> she got it when she was 18. And it's one of those ones where the wires go into the speakers with clips. They don't even have like jacks what? to go into. 
You've not seen those things. They've got like the little square plastic. The like the foam and a, clips. A loose wire. No, kind of. Yeah, and you have to jam it in and, and click it together. Yeah, it's really old school. But she's she still. And to be fair to her, the audio quality is still good. But anyway, do you cling on to the old tech? Do you like owning this stuff? Do you think we're accidentally enslaving ourselves to entertainment overlords? Tell us about it. Flixandfilm at gmail.com at Flixandfilm on Twitter. This is a miscalculation here, Phil, because I can see what you're doing and it's very moving performance along with that singing, but I haven't rewatched this show in a way in a way that I can recognise that. What on earth are you doing? Well, for some people, they will find themselves singing that regardless because they have been big fans of this next thing and I want to make more people fans of it because I love it. It's such a joyful, happy thing. Uh, and I want you to watch it if you haven't seen it already, because you can. Uh, Taskmaster, have you heard anything about this, Laurie? Yeah, I have. Now, I want to ask you right at the top here, Phil, which Laurie do you want to talk to for this um, section of the show? Do you want to talk to the Laurie who did try and watch Taskmaster because everyone told him how wonderful it was? And when he watched it, he thought, oh, for goodness sake, I've had enough of seeing comedians roll around in their money. Or do you want to uh, talk to the Laurie who's like, no, I haven't really watched it before, Phil. You, you tell me about it. I'm going to take on the challenge. I'm going to take on the task <laughs> of converting you, Laurie. Be boring, right. horrible, Laurie. From I'm the not first. boring or horrible. That's a, that is a what is that? Some very nearly slander. I made you into a straw man and I kicked you over like the straw that you are. You burn me alive, more like. Now you tell us what it is, and then I'll, I'll interject horribly. So, Taskmaster, you might have seen the ads. You might have seen some of it uh, recently over Christmas or seen it advertised. It is a long-running show that used to be on Dave which is maybe why you haven't seen it and maybe you haven't really known what it's about. But it's now on Channel 4. It's been such a, such a success that it's now on, Tars, uh, on Channel 4. And you can watch all of the series. There's uh, 10 now that you can watch. And uh, as Laurie said, it's comedians doing tasks. They're set. Silly, ridiculous, creative, funny, uh, physical challenges that are rather absurd, but also sometimes just look like a lot of fun. And they do mm. it, and then they are judged by Greg Davies, who is the taskmaster. And he's got an assistant, little Alex Horn. You know, because we're going to come on to Alex Horn in a minute. You gave us this taskmaster quiz. I like Alex. I think he's good. But there's already problems for me in the description of the show. I'm not a big Greg Davies fan. I can't take him seriously. He looks like he's trying to be a comedian to me. And I've never, I've not yet laughed at anything he's done. So I, he's turns me off straight away as a host. Like his success is a mystery. How's he done it? I think it's because he has this persona which is somehow uh, distinctive and fits this show very, very well because he was a teacher, now he's a comedian, he's very tall and physically imposing, he's used to judging people, he judges in a creative way, sometimes it's a bit ridiculous, sometimes it's quite fair and methodical and thought out. There's a sort of wild card element to him in that you don't really know which sort of character you're going to get from him and yet he fully inhibits, inhibits, inhabits uh inhibit inhabits yeah you're not (laughs) good one (laughs) it's there's a good spoof songs we made about that (laughs) (laughs) no i'm thinking about it all right sorry well focus though because this is important he inhabits this role of being the judge of these ridiculous things like uh can you i suddenly can't remember any tasks that they've done but I saw when they were, they were like standing in a cubicle and sand was falling on their head or something, that kind of thing. And they oh, yeah, there was like, it's put as much sand into this bucket, but you've got a, it's got a hole in it. There's often very complicated rules and silly things. One of the best ones is some of the earlier ones where they have to push up three massive exercise balls 
onto the top of a hill, a very tall, windy hill. And they've just, it's just one of them. They've got to get these three yoga balls, these big inflatable exercise balls up a, up a hill. And you get to watch five people struggle or be very clever and come up with a way of doing it properly. Um, I think there's genuinely something wonderful about the show because it just, I think it constantly surprises me and um, has cracked me up. It was a, it was a fan favorite while my wife was in labor. That's quite the endorsement. Oh, well done. Now that is a big endorsement. Can she face watching it now, though? That's the question. How much fun with labour? <laughs> weirdly, she can't watch The Office because that oh, right, she yeah. felt sick during nausea. But oh, she can watch awful. Taskmaster, and we've lolled at it very many times. You know that makes that makes you really glad to hear, Phil. And, it, and what I will tell you is that you and our other brother Sam have gone on about this show so much that I think that I'm wrong about it, and I'm totally willing to give it another go. But I wonder whether it depends a lot who the comedians are on the show or on each series because i want to ask you is the thing that you like the most how zany the tasks are and the format of the show or is it the comedians are funny in these situations which is the thing let me show you a picture laurie ready i'm ready the hands are together it's both of them oh, mixed together sake, like a tenet. beautiful synergized little tenety it's the fantastic thing of seeing these people that you sort of know because you've seen them do live stand up and people you get to know over the course of the 10 series the 10 episodes in each series uh, you you learn their characters, you learn their sort of faults and fables. It's a right. show that builds on itself. And what's what's fun is thinking, how would you do these tasks? And also finding out how they have approached the tasks themselves. And you kind of think, how on earth did they think to do that? So let me tell you what my, my issue with. And I totally acknowledge that uh, a huge amount of this may well be uh, my experience of the industry a little bit, right? But also other TV programs. Because... Uh, people have recommended to me lots of things with comedians in them. Did you watch the reboot of The Crystal Maze, fronted by Richard Aiwade? Uh, I've seen bits of bobs of it. It doesn't really appeal to me. I think the show worked better when it was seeing average people do something either impressive or rubbish. Yes, I couldn't agree more. The joy of ordinary people on TV. I don't know what it is. I don't know whether it's a privacy concern or whether there are just technical issues around the uh, you know the recruitment of them or something. But for whatever reason, we've decided we only want to see celebrities do things on tv anymore for charity so with the crystal maze i tried to watch it and i couldn't because they're so self-aware all they're doing is performing all the time and you miss the fact that people are genuinely elated or out of breath in the crystal maze or seriously think they might be locked in that room for you know what i mean they just don't because they're just ordinary people they don't know what's going on and so it's authentic right and you can see the authenticity i felt something similar with another program that was recommended to me which i i prefer actually this isn't too bad i think it's called i'll get this um, it was on the BBC and it's a dinner and um, they have games across the dinner. A bunch of celebrities come together. They have dinner. It's an expensive dinner. They have quiz rounds for each course that's being delivered for each of them to take part in. And whoever loses, doesn't win enough rounds, pays for the entire dinner, even though it's really quite an expensive dinner. That's funny. I really enjoyed watching that. But again, the round the dinner conversation is right, guys, we need to get a laugh in here. So let's say something crazy. Whereas, honestly, I would quite like to watch some ordinary people get really bitter about the fact they're going to have to pay for champagne. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I know what you mean. I do like the idea of that show. But here's the thing which I think will put a spin on it. You said, ah, oh, producer thinking, what's funny? Comedians. Blah, blah, blah. The person who's come up with this show, do you know who it is? Greg Davies? No, it's Alex Horn. Little Alex Horn, the assistant, is the person who writes the task. He did it because he did it as his uh, Edinburgh Fringe Festival show he got his oh, really? friends over 12 months he emailed them tasks and then he showed it off as his as his show and uh he so the whole thing is quite an organic thing he didn't intend to make a tv show he did that show because he wanted to 
And then he did it again and it was successful. People enjoyed the show and it was quite fun and he enjoyed writing the task. And then it became a TV show. And I think what's what's interesting about the format is that actually the comedians are people who perform and they do want to get laughs. And so you do have that sort of sense in which they are professionals in inverted commas. Um, and so it... Oh no! Some people are going to try and make it entertaining. That's not necessarily well, a bad thing. Hey, is no, it? don't don't you can't feel like that because some people just... can do that, but it's a different gift. It's a different gift. But what's what's genuinely joyful is as you get to know them over the course of these uh, ten episodes. Uh, same cast, same group of people. It doesn't change between episodes. It's always the same five each season, and you get to see the people when they're actually genuinely being quite competitive and they want to win, or they genuinely just come up with something they're really proud of and take delight in i think it's one of those shows which everything i heard i've heard about people who've been on it have said they absolutely love taking part in it so much so that i think that genuinely is an organic thing because greg davies doesn't know what's kind of come up on the screen uh, when they show what they've done for the tasks he is genuinely judging it live in front of the the audience and they're all interacting together i think it genuinely is the perfect show for a situation like lockdown and it's all free. You can watch it right now. Binge yourself, silly. And uh, may I make a recommendation? I would say if you are unsure about the show, start with season two, episode one. And if you are wanting a season that's really, really good to show the heights of the show, I would go with season seven, which stars Bill Wang, Rod Gilbert, James Acaster, Jessica Nappett and Kerry Godleman. And it's a great series. You know, that makes sense to me because James Acaster is definitely on that list of people who can make the ordinary moments sound funny. Like he was telling a story about buying too many naked bars the other day because he <laughs> kept seeing new kept seeing new flavours of them. So he kept buying them and he's got a cupboard full of naked bars. There you go, you're laughing already. And I didn't tell that well, but it's because he uh, he, I, he's someone who can do that. I think Rob Beckett often makes me laugh as well for similar reasons. He's on Taskmaster. I honestly think, give it another go, which season did you watch out of interest? That made you Probably go, the no. first one. I can't remember. I just turned it on one day on TV and I thought, nah, I just don't like this. I can't remember who it was, but it was the bucket, the sand one. And I thought, I'm, I just don't like sitting there watching someone desperately try and come up with a punchline. There's something you can tell when people think they need to make a joke. I suffer from this myself, right? Like I'm on WhatsApp groups with some friends who are much funnier than I am. And when they write two jokes in a row, I'm like, oh, I'm sweating. <laughs> I'm sweating thinking, how am I going to be funny? How am I going to prove that I belong in this WhatsApp group? Don't worry, Laurie. I know you're not as funny as me, but it's fine. <laughs> well, that's you... true. I don't think I am. I, I know that. Uh, but it's like watching someone else live that fear and that pressure. And I cringe at it. So I want to, I will take a recommendation seriously. June and I will watch it this evening. And uh, I will let you know. Uh, season you two, episode on one. Start with that one or just jump into season seven. That's my okay. top tip. I'll say that Alex Horn is very charming. I loved the four charity one that we did as a Zoom family doing the tasks. It was great fun. And his hosting of it was excellent. Do you know that uh, my uh, my wife took part in that competition as well? And she's still cross because at one point um, she tried to claim that some lightly heated bread was toast and it wasn't toast. Yeah, so yeah, it's a big issue. Her. I wasn't She's in the room. Bitter. I'm not going to give my bitter. opinion. Well, I understand why she'd be bitter. You made a very tactical error being the judge of your wife's performance <laughs> yeah. on that show, Phil. Well done. I'm glad to have won. Thank you for that. I enjoyed uh, my takeaway paid for by my dad, which was one of the prizes. <laughs> See, such fun to be had on Taskmaster. Phil, i got something quick for you. Now, since we were just talking about Taskmaster, I came up with a game the other day. I don't really know why this came into my head <laughs> it just did um it's called what's rap 
And I thought this is a this is a game. I'm sold. That we... <laughs> I buy it. In. Get me stocks in what's rat. Well, ex- what's rat? Uh, it's a game that you could play with friends and family. I almost think it would go down quite well on TikTok or something. But the game is, I think, and I, maybe this came from my lack of, I, you know, uh, proper improvised rap. Like, is amazing. People who mm. can just rap out of nothing. I'm blown away by their ability to do couplets that actually land and mean something and make sense and all that stuff. I couldn't do it. I've tried. It's a kind of improv <laughs> game before. I'm rubbish at it. So I thought instead of that, you could do what's rap. You could play a beat and the person who hears the beat has to rap the first WhatsApp message that uh, they see when they open up their phone. So in other words, because you can't improvise, you look at your phone, you look at the WhatsApp message and you got to start rapping. It doesn't necessarily have to be exactly what's on the WhatsApp message, but it has to be the start of your rap. <laughs> Are you up for this? Do you want to have a go? Oh, no. Obviously, obviously stay, away, stay away from privacy concerns. Well, I'm curious to see whether it would work. Like I said, this idea exists only in my head at the moment. What's rap? It's got a good name there, right? It sounds like something. Are you going to put a beat on right now? Well, yeah, I was going to actually produce one for you, but instead I'm going to beatbox it for now. I might add an actual beat in in production. So here you go. Ready for this one? You've only got, you need to start straight away. Ready? <laughs> We miss you three. Let's do a Zoom to properly catch up. You're my favourite friend and I know you got to know what's up. I sound like a dad. I sound like a square. I don't know which way. I'm a bit like the hare because I'm behind the tortoise even though I'm faster than you. Snappier, tappier. Oh, that was so bad. Right, your turn. <laughs> no, I don't so want to do bad. it. I don't want to do it. Yes, I just you have to make you do <laughs> No, you have to. Ready? That is what what's, what's rap is about. Yeah, and ready? you just have you to be a little bit rap? careful you don't give away any personal details. Um, okay, because the first one on my list is a big link. <clears throat> okay, you just go for the I'm just going to scroll randomly. No, no, no. You, you start beating and give me the cue in. I'm just scrolling randomly. I'm not looking at the screen. You can Look see. Look for the first one, which is what's rappable. That's the key thing. Um, okay, ready? Well, Three, be, okay. two, okay. one. Yo, I'm definitely up for pita bread, a platter and a cocktail, or a brand of beer that I've never heard of yet. I've read or listened to several your beats, even worse, read or listened to a lot of books recently, but not been blown away by much decently. There is, you've stopped beating. Because you said it's bad. I wanted to support you. I know the pain of being there and having to come up with words. I enjoyed your in, inbuilt sort of rhythm to what you were saying. It was, hey, Mr. Man, what you didn't well, you see know, you can, was Laurie's real... sassy finger coming out, ready to tap out the beats <laughs> well, like an umpire. I certainly didn't see that. That's terrible news. All, 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 all aboard. <laughs> that all ain't aboard, cool, man. Let's go next. <laughs> well, you tell us, listeners, is that the worst thing you've ever heard? Or would it, <laughs> would it make for a good gag? Maybe it all depends on the beat, right? Because like, what I can't figure <laughs> out is... No, bad work with... does not blame his tools or whatever. <laughs> Uh, are you allowed to change? You have to be able to change what's in the message because it doesn't rhyme, does it? You've got to try and spot a rhyme. <laughs> I bet you if you gave it to sort of uh, whatever, who's a really good rapper, Kendrick Lamar, they'd probably be able to, to twist what's it. What's rap? Hashtag what's rap? Maybe we can make this happen. All right, well, look, you, you tell us, listeners, uh, if you want to hear Phil and I try and improve with our what's rapping, we could make that an infrequent regular section of the show. And you never know, by the end of it, Phil, we might be able to take part in a, what do you call it? What do you call that kind of rap battle again? A, a rap, rap battle. battle. <laughs> maybe, maybe we could what find does, like what does an underground. What does one call those those battles of rap? <laughs> we could go to a club, man, and we could perform because we're honing our skills week by week. I think it's got legs. What do you reckon? Mm. <laughs> 
So I think we should do a couple of video game recommendations. We've talked about Stadia. <laughs> I'm going to suggest some video games you can play right now and potentially even own if you have a few mm. pennies to spare. Laurie, yeah. have you heard of a game called Hollow Knight? I have heard of a game called Hollow Knight. You have told me about this game before, as has another very good friend of ours. I love this game so much, and I cannot believe that more people haven't played it because it is a Metroidvania game. Do you know what a Metroidvania game is, Laurie? I mean, that's not, it's not a real category, is it? That's it is an official that's category. On the internet. Nah, not really. So what this means, if you've ever heard of the game Super Metroid, which you may have, that came out surely in the 90s, right? On the Yeah, 80s, Nint- 90s, I think it was yeah. on the NES, wasn't it, to begin with? Yeah. Um, and uh, you go to an alien planet, and it's kind of like a dungeon with lots of um, secret passageways and locked doors. You have to acquire skills and solve puzzles to find your way through this place. And that's like part Space of the deal... Indiana Jones. Right, yeah. And part of the deal, right, is you have to re-explore the same thing and find new routes until you can finally track down all the Metroids, is it? All the aliens and blow them all up. I, can't, I don't know what the plot is, but yeah. So it's a, bit, a big ex- exploring sort of action puzzle game, right? Yeah, it's, I think that's a good sort of summary. It's The idea is that you, rather than having levels that you finish and complete and never return back to what you do is you discover this world that interconnects and you end up revisiting the same patches unlocking new areas with new abilities finding hidden treasures and secrets i love it i cannot get enough of it man it's honestly such a good genre i think it is a genre at this point and um hollow knight has done a fantastic job of revitalizing this as a genre um it's 2d but it's got a lovely art style and i managed to get it for five pounds laurie this is on pounds. Steam or on uh, Switch? On loads of places. You can find it, it, I think, on pretty much every platform because it's not made by the bigwigs. It's not made by Xbox or Microsoft. It's an indie or... game. It's an independent developer, Team Cherry. And uh, I have loved this game so much that I'm desperately waiting the sequel uh, called Silk Song. Ooh. And I honestly think this is a, a really, really good game for those people, particularly who haven't played a video game for a long time because it isn't too intimidating. You haven't got to deal with three dimensions. You've only got to deal with the two-dimensional up, down, left and right. And I think you'll find a game that is very challenging, a world that just keeps on growing. I can't, I could not believe uh, how expansive this game was and how I kept on finding these little secrets, little hidden abilities. Well, let me fire this at you. In the way that you're describing this game, I worry that the, the experience of playing it might be quite samey. What makes you go back to it and what makes you stay with it? Do you find yourself thinking, wow... That was a. Uh, I'm so glad I discovered that mystery. Or wow, now I've got this new weapon. I can totally do this. Is that enough for you? I think genuinely in this game it is because the worlds are so beautifully uh, designed, rendered. Each zone in this sort of crystal maze, to use a callback, Laurie, um, mm. has some beautiful enemies, uh, backdrops just different game mechanics so each zone you're going into is a different thing it's not just repeating what you've already done but a whole new sort of style that you need to work out and learn and figure out how to solve so the world itself becomes a bit of a puzzle and as it goes and goes you i just constantly found myself saying wow there's this as well it's huge it's huge it just kept on giving giving so it's the bigger and deeper it goes the more impressive and immersive you find it yeah yeah and you become more and more competent moving around this sort of labyrinth and you become stronger, so therefore you can move faster and quicker through these little interconnected tunnels and passageways, which is such a rewarding experience. It's not like you stay just this tiny little dude. You become this sort of powerful, uh, slick, speed-running demon through all of this web of interconnectedness. It's like you become 
Indiana Jones, I feel like. Imagine you okay. start off as this sort of young river phoenix, and then by the end of it, you're like actually Indiana Jones, whipping your way through the temples, dodging the bullets, dodging the uh, the blow darts. Okay, I, you know, that's, that is a good description. I can buy that, but that's, uh, that's fun. How long do you need to spend in one session to enjoy this game? I found myself, you can do it, because it is these sort of little mini, mini challenges, you have one sort of thing you're trying to discover, one next yeah, but how ability. long? What's the minimum amount of time you can sit down and play it satisfyingly? 15 minutes, I think. Really? 15 minutes? I think I've managed to do little bits. I played this okay. just after having a baby. And, well, uh, so this is, this is my dilemma with games these days, is that often I play it in literally 20-minute windows in between things. I just finished a big, long meeting and I'm exhausted. And before I go down and try and help with dinner time or bedtime, I will take a break and a kind of intense break of 20 minutes to play a game so that I can completely clear my head. So you're saying this will work, and actually you're not there thinking, ah, oh, that hasn't been worth it because I've not made any progress in 10 minutes. You think it'll still I think you, it is definitely satisfying. I think that's why I like it so much, is because you're always making little bits of progress that you can mon- monitor. And, and not only that, and this is the other thing I want to say just before I finish, is that I think it's such a good level of challenge. Normally you play a game and it's sort of like you're just kind of doing it. It's just ticking boxes. You're not really playing it. I hate games like that which are just so straightforward, they're not really a challenge. This yeah. is actually genuinely challenging. So when you come up against these wonderfully creative bosses, uh, it takes a few tries to try and beat them. And genuinely, the amount of satisfaction I had finishing off the final boss in this game was immense. I tried and okay. I tried and I tried. I was so, so pleased to finish this game because it is genuinely difficult, but the more you play it, the better you become, the more skilled you become. So not only are you growing in your abilities and getting all these collectibles that make you more a stronger character, you yourself as a player feel strong, Laurie. Okay, all right. You, you, well, I, you convinced me at least to give it another shot. I, well, I haven't bought it, so we'll, we'll see <laughs> what, the, uh, what the discount's like on Steam. Um, okay, I'll talk about Rocket League, which uh, has recently become free to play, so you can get it for free, and it's totally cross-platform. Whatever you've got, if you've got a games console, you'll be able to find it. If you don't, then you can download Steam and uh, play it on your computer. It's no longer available on Macs, so you need a Windows PC, but it's very, very accessible. And what it is, is very, very basic idea, remote control car football. I would say, though, Phil, I don't know how you feel about this. It's one of the uh, most genuinely skillful games available to play at the moment, to the point where the... Uh, what does he call it now? The pro gaming, the sort of e-sports. professional gaming circuit. Thank you, esports. It went out of my head for a minute. Um, is genuinely worth a watch because, you know, even if you don't like football, you can watch a compilation of amazing goals and think, wow, that is amazing. And you can tell that it's amazing. I think that is true of Rocket League at a certain level. What people can do by combining the boosting with the jumping, floating around, rotating the car, little deft touches on this ball to score unexpected goals is quite amazing but the actual experience of playing it therefore becomes incredibly infuriating because unless you're willing to put in hours to it you're quite likely to play at a low level and get angry and i'll add in as well as much fun as you can have it is one of the worst games for trash talk right you don't get that in hollow knight because you're just playing video game baddies but when you're playing against real people online uh the childishness on display is breathtaking and what's even more annoying about it, you know, we talk about nostalgia, things in life that take you back to the child that you once were and how much we want to do that. This game takes me back to the child I once was, but in the wrong way. <laughs> and it, I wish I could rise above the sarcastic comments 
but I cannot. You've spoken so much about Rocket League. The number of times you're like, oh, I'm, I'm not playing that game. I just I have just to take ridiculous. a break. It makes it's me angry. Too yeah. much, too much. And yet you're recommending it as this great game, but you, 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 you can't tolerate it. No, I can't deny that it's given me many hours of enjoyment and you really can dip in for 10 minutes and play intensely and completely forget whatever you were doing before you started playing it. Just the likelihood of coming out angry as opposed to happy is quite high. <laughs> your poor wife. But it's because you're, you're so invested in it, man. Uh, so I will recommend Rocket League. It's free to play. And it sounds really dumb. It is surprisingly uh, addictive. If you watch the people who are amazing at it do their thing, I'll, I'll be surprised if it doesn't convince you of the legitimacy of esports um, as a genre in today's modern world. You're, you agree with me on that, though, right, Phil? Oh, yeah. It's an unbelievably skilled game. Yeah. Um, but what's frustrating is it is it does take a lot of investment, I think, to get anywhere near good. Um, I, I don't feel like I'm good at it. And so I often end up putting it down. But we That's play no a couple of times thing. together and you won't let us play competitively because your rank will get affected. You're like, it's no, not, not that playing. it's we'll get beaten. It is be that. It's 100 percent that. <laughs> We'll get beaten. It'll be miserable. We'll both be annoyed. Anyway, let's <laughs> Did you hear his voice called squeaky listeners? We'll uh, get beaten. Uh, why did you bring this up? It's your fault. It's your um, fault. You brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I think we're going to wrap up today's show there. This is a kind of new venture for us. It's what we said we do right from the beginning. We were the Super Bailey Bros who talked about movies every week. Now we're going to cover a whole range of things, um, but generally centered around Netflix and films. Uh, next week, I'm going to talk about Altered Carbon, if you've seen that Netflix show, both series, plus a sort of spin-off, almost film, animated film in Japanese language that I watched as well. Um, plus, I might try and fit in a show called Away that Judith and I started quite recently, starring Hilary Swank. Uh, she's an astronaut on a mission to Mars with a refueling stop at the moon. But there's a lot of issues uh, around her leadership of that team and her family, who she's having to leave behind for three years. Uh, on this mission it's been really enjoyable actually so if you want to hear my thoughts on it next week you can watch along with me so have you got any thoughts on what you'll bring to the table i was going to maybe talk about the expanse a fantastic oh, sci-fi yeah, yeah, yeah. show that uh is on amazon prime at the moment uh, i might talk about wonder woman 84 at some point or yes. another which you can rent right now so if you want to rent it and listen to my thoughts you can or maybe you want to listen to me first and then decide um yeah a couple of other things it kind of grows and morphs depending what i'm up to laurie that's the thing okay it's organic we can't plan it well and if you would like us to cover anything specific then you just gotta let us know flicks and film at gmail.com or at flicks and film on twitter and uh, we'll probably start adding in listener correspondence to the actual program soon that's what we used to do isn't it read out the emails i got used to a song every week did you enjoy that no, I, I I sort of think back on those days and cringe in my heart. But well, uh, I look forward to cringing again. I think people again, enjoyed my them. I, I hope that's my only solace. <laughs> Can't be worse than what's rap. Okay, look, any uh, <laughs> any any bonuses at the end of the show for you, Phil? No, none from me. No bonuses. You've not had a bonus heavy week. I did a snooze round. That was my bonus right at the front. Okay, all right. Ha- let me give you this. No endorsement. You know, I'm not being paid here. I think Piri Piri sauce is the most delicious sauce on the planet. <laughs> I think that's it. Have you are you are you agreeing with me with that laugh? Um, I think uh, I've been seduced by the piri piri. I remember there was a stand-up comedian I saw who was like thought it was some giant conspiracy because where was piri piri like ten years ago? It didn't mm. exist, and now it's everywhere. Everything's piri piri, piri piri this, piri piri that. It's because it is the most delicious sauce on the planet. <laughs> but and what it is arrived, it? What flavor is it? Destroyed it's not everything like... before it. Exactly. It's kind what, what of is peppery, it? spice. kind of spicy. It's a secret sauce. I, I genuinely think it is the most. We, it's one of our lockdown surprises has been that we ordered some Nando's Piri Piri sauce. And before I knew it, 
I was adding it to almost every single <laughs> meal. And I'm not even kidding about that. I think it is very rare that you find something that it doesn't improve. I think it might be the perfect sauce. Well, is it the perfect sauce? Because you've got to think about the whole dining experience because it, does it not have uh, ramifications? Oh, don't. Why would you go that <laughs> direction? I'm not I'm not. Well, it's, it's going it. that direction, so you've no, got to deal with it. I'm not entertaining <laughs> that, that line of conversation. If you're putting on everything, no, I just worry I'll, about what you. I will ac- <laughs> I'll accept you coming at me with a different sauce, but not that. Uh, so there it is, Piri Piri. Well, I would say, okay, firstly, what's your Nando's order? Secondly, uh, I've got my own secret sauce that I create from Nando's ingredients, which is you take the garlic Piri Piri sauce and mix also it with nice. mayonnaise and mm. delicious. It's amazing. Yeah, but Piri Piri is the secret sauce in that little sauce, my friend. With a little so, bit of garlic sprinkled in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It improves almost everything. Right, what, are you, what are you getting at Nando's? Go Tell me your Nando's order. <laughs> I can't believe that's where we're gone with this. It's supposed to be a little thing. Butterfly chicken, mate. Just the just the chicken or burger? Uh, not the burger normally, because I like to get a load of chips. I don't think the burger like disqualifies chips as a possibility. Depends what, how much le- you're watching your Will you go medium or hot, yeah. hot? Uh, hot. I can't handle the very hot. The first time I was introduced to Nando's, uh, our older brother took me to it and made me get the spicy one. Our brother loves the spice. <laughs> why? And uh, I, my mouth was in so much pain that day. when I was, And I actually ordered a salad as well. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> Um, that I was spreading butter onto my tongue using the chips to alleviate the the awful, awful pain of spice. So no, that's I quite... don't go for the very hot, no. <laughs> I enjoyed the extra anecdote there, that's good. Butter You're chips. <laughs> it was tongue. terrible. I remember it so clearly. It was embarrassing as well because it was when he was at university and I wasn't. I was visiting him and all his friends were around this table as well watching his little brother uh, unable to handle the spice. Did you do it like subtly or were you kind of doing it a bit dorkily? I had to run over to the side and get more butter, so I wouldn't call that subtle. Yeah. Ah, uh, butter tug. Thanks for joining us, listeners, for this slightly different episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, get in touch with us. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.